This is your classical break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we're finishing up with Holst's The Planets. The final two movements both share a sense of the supernatural, something beyond what is humanly knowable. Uranus, the magician, and Neptune, the mystic, are two sides of the same coin. The first brings to mind the devilish magic of a trickster, while the second casts a more serious spell. And while Holst insisted that there was little in the way of astronomical significance to this piece, he was quite obviously inspired by the connotations ascribed to the various planets by both astronomers and astrologers throughout the years. So it's no coincidence that these two movements are full of mystery, given that the two planets they represent were relative unknowns in Holst's time. The ancients knew of five planets, all of which were clearly visible with the naked eye. They could be distinguished from stars by their odd movements, which astrologers took to be significant omens of events on Earth. For thousands of years, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn were thought to be the only planets in the sky, and they were carefully observed to see what wisdom they could impart. That changed in 1781, when William Herschel noted a strange star in his observations. It had been seen a few times before, but no one paid it much mind, until Herschel noted that its motion and size in his telescope made it look an awful lot like a planet. Being much further away than even Saturn, Uranus was both too dim and didn't move quickly enough for it to look like anything other than a distant star to early astronomers, but it was soon recognized as another major planet in the solar system, one without any mythology attached to it. Neptune followed in 1846, this time discovered not by direct observation but by mathematical calculations. People knew both of these planets were large, on par with the gas giants Jupiter and Saturn, but they were too far away for even the most powerful telescopes to gather much data on their properties. In fact, much of it remained a mystery until the advent of space travel, when probes could be sent close by. Astrologers were therefore left out in the cold when trying to ascribe meaning to these newly discovered planets. Uranus, having kicked off a new era of discovery about the solar system, was given the attributes of the unconventional, the novel and ingenious, and sudden or unexpected change. Astronomers had already given it the name of the Greek god of the sky, with a brilliant and unpredictable nature. And Holst interprets this in a cheeky, energetic movement full of mischievous energy. But at the end, a shift signals that the magic comes from a more profound place than it lets on. Enter Neptune, the mystic. Named for the Roman god of the sea, whose depths have amazed and terrified people throughout history, astrologers linked Neptune with the concept of sophistication and vagueness, perfect characteristics for a planet that no one knew very much about. Holst takes out his own mystical card here, a choir that gives the finale to the planets a fittingly otherworldly feeling. Here's the National Youth Orchestra of Canada with Uranus and Neptune, the final movements of Holst's The Planets. Thank you. 
There's a sense of mystical reverence that's quite fitting as the end of a work that contemplates the heavens, even if Holst was merely using it as a springboard for his own musical ideas. Thanks to the National Youth Orchestra of Canada for putting that up on imslp.org. And thank you for listening. If you have the chance, please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and in the coming week for your classical break, we'll be listening to Mendelssohn, Foray, and we'll start things off with some Mozart. I'll see you then.